Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. The left isn't satisfied with spending trillions of your dollars overseas, illegals pouring over the borders, abolishing the filibuster, and even defunding the police. Now they want to stack the courts, but we'll tell you why all of these politicians who used to oppose packing the courts are suddenly pushing it hard. And riots and protesters are destroying our cities, but one state has passed a law protecting drivers who hit protesters. We'll tell you about it and all this bad news. Is there anything that will save our republic? Well, yes, in fact, yes, there is. And we have President Donald Trump's former deputy press secretary and John Solomon here to tell you some good news you've been waiting to hear. All of this tonight on Dr. Gina Primetime. All right, we start with a doctor's orders. Now, if lying for a living is career for actors, we'll add it to the job description now for Democrats. There are numerous instances that of most all of the cast of characters we've seen splashed across our television screens advocating for court packing today, saying once upon a time that they were opposed to it before, not the least of which is Joe Biden. President Roosevelt clearly had the right to send to the United States Senate and the United States Congress a proposal to pack the court. It was totally within his right to do that. He violated no law. He was legalistically absolutely correct, but it was a bonehead idea. It was a terrible, terrible mistake to make, and it put in question for an entire decade the independence of the most significant body, including the Congress in my view, the most significant body in this country, the Supreme Court of the United States of America. Now, putting aside for a moment how incredibly lucid that 1980s model of Joe Biden was, because we will get to that a little later on in the show, my first thought this morning watching congressional Democrats in their press conference advocating for court packing is that I'm not sure I've ever seen a more insincere display of evil across my television in my entire life. My second thought, though, was that I sincerely hope the American people see through what is starting to look like an incitement to some sort of civil discord like we have never seen before. And I'm seeing this more and more every day coming out of the socialist left. Now, no good person wants division in our country or an end to America, no one in their right mind. Good people love the colorful fabric that makes up our America and the values and the history that binds us together. But it's getting harder every single day to find a so-called Democrat who are really Marxists today that you can believe actually cares whether or not America is ultimately a graveyard as long as the socialists are the ultimate undertakers. There are reasons to be hopeful though, and I want you to remember that and I want you to stay the course because everything in the human psyche cries out to be 
free. It is a fundamental part of who we are. And I believe that it is that natural propulsion that will ultimately prevail in our country and in our world. Everything that the Democrats try to do ultimately backfires. And if you look back without panic, you will see it. Look at their morbid shutdowns, for example. The ultimate result is that blue state government and even blue city mayors are being exposed in droves. Everyone wants to be where things are run by Republicans now. States like Florida and Texas are thriving. Even Democrats are flocking to those states, while California and New York would be dead in the water without huge government bailouts. Case in point, Palm Beach, Florida, where we where we broadcast from and where, ironically, Donald Trump made his home. Real estate is now up 46.6%, and the new average home price in Palm Beach, do you care to guess? $9.5 million average home price. A friend of mine from L.A. said that Palm Beach has taken over as the new Bel Air, as the new Hollywood. And I've seen it happen myself. I used to live near there, and now living here, I can tell you, this has become a lot more glamorous. It's become the economic epicenter in a lot of ways. People from New York come to Palm Beach to do their business deals. People are gravitating to freedom and to freedom-loving leadership. And this is where you can get hopeful. The left is desperate. They know they got where they are dishonestly, and they know they don't have the votes to get where they need to go honestly. Worse for them, they know they're being exposed in their own deception. So likely, they will never be able to get away with what they just got away with again. It was just a bizarre, evil alignment that got them where they were. But they know they can't keep it. They know they can't hold it. And that means they have to try to do anything, to do everything right now. They have to try to cement the system that got them here, however dishonest and fraudulent, so that they can somehow win without American voters because Americans are too savvy and too shrewd to let this happen again. Americans won't vote for them. And without an honest voting system, electoral system, separation of powers, or even a Supreme Court, or with all of that, the Democrats know that they cannot get back to where they want to be and that's in power and very well enriched so that is why they are trying everything from importing millions of illegals to destroying the filibuster right so that they can control the legislature to stacking the courts they have to do everything they can because you know why because it's all they have because they don't have the hearts and the minds of the american people because the american people are on to them and that's you and that's the good news. Americans have always come to the rescue when our republic and our freedom was threatened. This is no exception, my friends. Why would it be? They can lie. They can cheat. They can steal. We'll still find a better way to stop them. We always have. We will always do it again because and when it all comes down to it, we are smarter. We are more committed. And we have God on our side. And that's not because we're just better in some way. It's because we work harder. We studied longer. Maybe we are just more committed to the values that made America great to begin with. But we're more committed to keeping it great and for the right reasons. So never doubt any of that for a moment, my friends. Study the course. Stay the course. And tune in here every single night to this show because we have lots of good news to give you here each night and action steps about how to retake our country and how you can be a part of it all. And that's your doctor's orders for tonight.
Coming up next, we're going to show you the video of the 2020 campaign where Joe Biden said exactly the opposite. In fact, I think he kind of called himself a bonehead. You're going to love this. Uh, of what the Democrats are doing right now. John Solomon is up next with a teaser for his special. This is going to make you feel good. How to secure our elections right up next after this show. So stick around for this show and then John Solomon's special for Dr. Gina Primetime right up. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome back to Dr. Tina Primetime. Now coming up tonight at 8 p.m., do we have a treat for you right after this show. Something that you will not see discussed any place else out there in media, which is what we try to do here at RAV anyway. It is a one-hour special hosted by John Solomon called Securing Our Elections, the grassroots battle for easy and safe voting. And we happen to have John Solomon with us right now. John, great to see you. We are so excited about this. We've been looking forward to this. This is huge, huge in television, unprecedented. Tell us why you're doing this special tonight and what viewers can look forward to. Well, you know, a few months ago, we all worked together with you and others, and we put these specials together to show what irregularities occurred in the 2020 election. Contrary to what the media and the Democrats say, there were serious irregularities. The Wisconsin Supreme Court, the Michigan Common Police Court, the uh, court in Virginia have all agreed there were irregularities. But now we want to focus on how do we fix it? How do we make sure that it doesn't happen again in 2022? And there's been some amazing things going on behind the scenes. Of course, we know about the Georgia law, but in Indiana, in uh, Arizona, Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa, there are efforts all across this country to fix the loopholes, to improve the uh, security of balloting and impose voter IDs or reinstate voter IDs that were in the law but ignored in the last election. So we thought it would be time to bring people up to speed. What is going on? So we've got Governor Kemp of Georgia. We've got Senator Rick Scott of Florida. We've got State Representative Jay Kaufman, who just got a bill passed in Arizona to outlaw the Zuckerberg dollars, the Zuck bucks, we call them, that went to private election officials, millions of dollars of potentially influential money going to uh, the neutral judges in elections. All of the people on the front lines of fixing the mistakes, the problems, the irregularities, the illegalities in the 2020 election, they're all on this show tonight. Very excited to talk about it. So important to put the best minds together for this uh, because we have to have what will ultimately be the answers, but all of the answers, because this isn't really a one-trick pony. This really has to be all the best ideas, all the best minds, state to state. We always like to keep control on the local level, but it really right. has to be something that we do right on the local level, that we do well on the local level, right? Uh, that's the key, and I think when you listen to each of the players, they thought this through, they put the best minds in their states together, and this is a grassroots movement. And I, you know, like farmers know, things always grow best from the ground up, not from the top down. And I think True. that these ideas are rooted in the people of Georgia, Florida, Texas, all the places where this is going on. And I think that gives it the opportunity to be long lasting solutions, things that will pass the test of time and get past all of this silly 
fake attacks that have come from Democrats, Stacey Abrams, even the president of the United States recently getting some Pinocchios from uh, the Washington Post about lying about the Georgia law. So very exciting stuff. Good ideas from the ground in the states, just the way our founding fathers intended it in the Constitution. I think people are so, so excited about this, John, and we can't wait and we will stay tuned for it. Now, John, while I have you here, I have to ask you about this story over at Just the News with this headline. It says, CIA shocker, Obama fundraiser says he was U.S. intel asset, alleges spy agency abuses. John, you've been following this story for a long time, and it's a wild one. Tell us, John. Well, listen, it's made for a Hollywood script, except it's all true. That's the scary part. Ahmad Zuberi, major bundler for Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, other Democrat and Republican lawmakers. And he pled guilty a month ago to laundering foreign money into the U.S. election using straw donors. That in and of itself is a scandal. We keep finding out since Barack Obama last that he got a lot of foreign money into his campaign. But then we found out while he was doing that, he was working for the CIA as a U.S. intelligence asset. Now you start to wonder, well, did the CIA know what he was doing? Was the CIA using this to influence lawmakers? And last night we got an answer. We were able to obtain a letter sent to Congress indicating that Imad Zuberi and his new lawyer, the former CIA general counsel, by the way, has filed a complaint with the CIA alleging widespread abuses, violations of law, violations of regulation, claiming that the CIA was doing unlawful things targeting or involving Americans. This is turning into a very big sky, a spy scandal. Wow, fascinating. Well, I will encourage everyone to for sure go and read that story at justthenews.com. And while they're there, John, they have to check out our podcast. You have, uh, the, if you go to justthenews.com, click on the little hamburger up in the corner, click on That's podcasts right. and look for John Solomon's face, my face, and so many others, uh, personalities that you'll see here at RAV and other places, but all of them are good. And uh, the podcast lineup at Just the News is uh, just untouchable. No place else has a lineup like that one. And yeah, we're lucky to have very you. Gina. We're so proud to have you. Thank you so much. And and also critically important, catch this one-hour special right here: securing our elections, the grassroots battle for easy and safe voting. It really is what we've all been praying about. He has all the top governors who are working on this issue tonight. So make sure that you watch. Sean Solomon, thank you so much for being with us. Great to be with you, Gina. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. Earlier today, Congressman Jerry Nadler and several other congressional Democrats announced their big plans to expand the Supreme Court to 13 justices. Watch. Well, I'm glad to join my colleagues in introducing the Judiciary Act of 2021 to establish the Supreme Court size as 13. Uh, that's a nice number. It matches. It's not a nice number. It's it's a it's a it's a proper number. It matches the number of circuits as it has historically, and it also will enable us to do justice and to rectify the great injustice that was done in packing the court. And some people will say we're packing the court. We're not packing it. We're unpacking it. Senator McConnell and the Republicans packed the court over the last couple of years, as Senator uh, uh, Markey outlined. But back during the 2020 presidential campaign, Joe Biden said this. 
Speaking of those other candidates, several of them have proposed major structural reforms to our government and to our democracy. These include abolishing the Electoral College, uh, expanding the size of the Supreme Court, setting term limits for justices, abolishing the legislative filibuster. Which, if any of these, do you support? None. So during the campaign, he said no way to court packing. And now, though, he's launched a commission on expanding the Supreme Court. Let's see what Congressman Louis Gohmert has to say about that. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Congressman. Wonderful to see you. Thanks for being with us. Are you surprised that Joe Biden said one thing on the campaign trail and is now singing a completely different court packing song? He's saying whatever he's given to say now. But if you go back to 1983, when he was thinking for himself, he said that this idea that Jerry Nadler and Markey and others are pro uh, proposing was boneheaded. Uh, so the thinking Joe Biden said it was a boneheaded idea. And I think back when uh, Senator Biden was thinking with all his resources, he was exactly right. This is a boneheaded idea. And uh, when he talks, uh, or when Nadler now talks about they're not packing the court. Well, of course they are. And it's the same thing. The segregationist known, uh, named Franklin Roosevelt uh, was, was doing back in the 30s and threatened to do. And that was pack the court. That's exactly what they're doing. They don't get everything they want. They want nothing but total unmitigated power. And so it's a power grab. And it's really unfortunate that this little experiment in self-government uh, is having to be pushed asunder and trod all over and stomped on uh, right. because they want total power, total power. It's outrageous. Well, and Congressman, and you made reference to it, but for the record, here is exactly what Joe Biden had to say about exactly what he's pushing to do today. President Roosevelt clearly had the right to send to the United States Senate and the United States Congress a proposal to pack the court. It was totally within his right to do that. He violated no law. He was legalistically absolutely correct. But it was a bonehead idea. It was a terrible, terrible mistake to make. And it put in question for an entire decade the independence of the most significant body, including the Congress, in my view, the most significant body in this country, the Supreme Court of the United States of America. Congressman, the most shocking thing about that is not the fact that he's calling his own idea boneheaded, but how lucid he is in that video, isn't it? Yeah, he, was, he really was playing with all his faculties back then, whether you agree or disagree with him. Uh, made total sense. The difference between 1983 and today is really shocking. It, it's quite demonstrative of uh, where our current president is from a mental standpoint. Yeah, quite the decline. Uh, Congressman, Democrats want to expand, of course, to 13 justices, and I think it's really obvious why right now they consider the court to uh, be a 6-3 to three conservative majority, adding only two justices would still result in a basically conservative majority of six conservatives to five liberals. So, Congressman, I think that's why they want to add four more justice Im justices immediately. They want to achieve a 7-6 to six liberal majority. 
um, because I think that they realize that if they can't win with the um, American electorate, they can't currently win, so they want to change the electoral system. They want to import votes because they know that Americans won't vote for them unless they can commit fraud. They know that they can't commit fraud unless they um, do something to make sure that there are far more Democrat votes um, that aren't Americans because Americans won't vote for them. And then they know that to pass a lot of the things they need to pass in order to do all of this dishonestly as they are doing and as they plan to do in the future, um, they have to have the Supreme Court. And if they don't have the Supreme Court, even with all the legislation they can pass with the supermajority and with the president and all the things they're doing, or with the majority and the president and all the things that they have done, um, just the arguments notwithstanding about whether it was done honestly or not, uh, they just can't get the Americans to vote for them. They know it. And even if you don't argue about how they got this far, we know they can't do it again because they are exposing themselves on a daily basis and the no. Americans are not going to put up with it. They know it. The only chance they have is to have the Supreme Court. And so how do we stop this? Well, we have got to make sure that the American people speak up and that they make clear that uh, the Democrats are looking at losing all of their power if they continue to push this on the American people. It, it, that's where the power lies. And it needs to be peaceful, just as Dr. King uh, made clear. Uh, the people that blew things up and did tremendous damage, the Bill Ayers of the 60s and early 70s, they didn't get anything accomplished. But it's through peaceful protests, making their voices known, you know, burning up the phone lines between them and their senators and House members, that uh, people will make a difference. But uh, if you look at what Joe Biden said, as you just played in the during the election, he, he did. He got elected by deceiving the American people. Uh, but if you look at what's happening now on both television, like CNN going after Matt Gates and becoming the propaganda, you know, they're run by they have to be run by somebody like Gehring. Uh, but they're truly a propagandist for the Democratic Party. They're not honest. They don't treat people like me or Gates or others honestly. And then you've got Twitter. They just banned uh, um, uh, O'Keefe from even being on Twitter because uh, he played the tape of CNN exposing just how abusive they are to the truth. So we're in a very difficult time, Dr. Gina. You always advocate truth, but there is too much in the country right now that is devoted to keep the Democrats in power, no matter how many lies have to be told, no matter how much fraud has to be utilized. And it is a very, very, very dangerous time in our history. So we've got a really lot of work to do. We really do, and it really does seem to be I saw today Democrat leadership praising, praising uh, the the uh, the rioters, saying they were responsible for the progress, as they're calling it, uh, that has been made in this country. Uh, our country is worse off than it's really ever been in modern history in terms of racial division, um, in terms of just aggravation within our own ranks at each other. 
Um, and I guess the hard question is really this, Louis, uh, and I forgive me for calling you by your first name. We're friends, no, Congressman. Um, yeah. I know you do. Um, I guess I question the sincerity of anyone on the left that says they want this to go peacefully. I do not know a conservative or anyone in their right mind, frankly, who wants this to end any other way. But I question the motives at this point of those who would praise, those who have rioted, those who've killed police officers and sheriff's officers and, and people on the streets, those who've destroyed companies and businesses for no reason, uh, in their own neighborhoods, by the way, and in the most, uh, most savage neighborhoods to begin with, the ones that were already blighted in some cases. I really question the sincerity of their statements when they say they want this to, to go peacefully, when they continue to incite those like the squad, for example, who are who will, who will straight up say that they want an end to policing in this country. Um, I, I really, I don't know where this ends because I, I'm searching frantically, uh, like many are in this country, and I think I speak for a lot of Americans. I believe we all, all of us who are sound-minded, all of us who love this country, want it to end peaceably. But here's my thing, if you don't love this country, I think there's a chance you don't really care if America's a graveyard, as long as you're the undertaker. That's my fear. Speak to that fear, Congressman, because I think it's deep down in the hearts of a lot of, Amer of Americans, and I think most folks in the news are afraid to ask the question. Well, they're not only afraid to ask the question, they're afraid to speak the truth. Uh, you know, you've got corporate America that is uh, supporting lies, and so the Democrats know they've got corporate America in their pocket, um, so they can tell lies. They've got the media in their pocket. But, I mean, just look, um, Pelosi supposedly is saying that she's not going to bring the bill to the floor saying they, they're going to stack the court. Uh, but if you recall, I guess it was two years ago, she said she was not bringing impeachment to the House floor unless it was two things. It was uh, bipartisan and the evidence was overwhelming. Well, it was never bipartisan and it was not overwhelming evidence at all, as we saw in the Senate. Um, well, you did have Romney, but that's not bipartisan. He was in their pocket the whole time because of his hate for Trump. But, but the evidence was not only not overwhelming, it was outrageous. And they brought impeachment twice through the House. Neither time was the evidence overwhelming. So uh, she's shown she is capable of not being honest. And it's tragic for America. I mean, we, we've always been able to disagree without being terribly disagreeable. But mm -hmm. when, the, when the people here in Congress, in the Senate, in the House, and the left-wing media used to be called mainstream, but they're not, when they're all saying that, uh, that what occurred, the massive amount of violence that occurred last year was peaceable, and they're not calling out the violence that's occurring right now in America uh, by left-wing groups, then they are actually being accessories to what's going on. They're, they're basically encouraging it by refusing to speak truth 
and say this is violent and it needs to stop. Uh, it's tragic what's going on. Well, I couldn't agree more. Um, I still have a lot of hope for our country because of great folks like you who are still elected. And, uh, and I still believe so much in the American spirit. There have been so many times in our history where I thought, oh, it's beyond hope. And then uh, we come back and we come roaring back. So I still believe that. And I know that you do too. Congressman Louis yeah. Gohmert, thank you for staying in the fight as you do. Thanks so much, Jenny. All right. And on that, we have a fake news alert. Now, for this fake news alert, we need to flash back to when the media mocked President Trump for saying that rioters threw cans of soup at police officers. And then they have cans of soup. Soup. And they throw the cans of soup. That's better than a brick because you can't throw a brick. It's too heavy. But a can of soup, you can really put some power into that, right? Yes, sir. And then when they get caught, they say, no, this is soup for my family. They're so innocent. This is soup for my family. <laughs> Whoa, cans of soup, thugs yeah. on airplanes, yep. wearing black uniforms, people you've never heard of who were in the dark shadows. It's all from our president. He's just got these ideas. And last night on CNN, this happened. Tiger, you have been out here. Did you have you been out here the last couple of days? Yeah, yeah. Well, I've been here uh, all four nights. Uh, I'm just standing here today with uh, soup for my family, and uh, we're just you know watching all of this unfold. It's very unfortunate. You're not planning on using that, are you? Throwing Absolutely. it at the police? Like I said, it's for my family. Literally for your family. So Trump was right again. Former House, former I'm sorry, former Press Secretary Hogan Gidley had to deal with fake news media over and over and over again during the Trump presidency, and he is here with us now. Hogan, so great to see you. Thanks for being with us. Of course, Gina. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate the time. Hogan, how many times? How many times did you have to deal with these ridiculous attacks on President Trump? knowing they were false, and having to stand there with a straight face while the news media jeered in so many instances. And then now you watch the total validation of everything that you knew, the total redemption of President Trump, and the media radio silence over and over again. It must be, I don't know, just, just you must just search for words to describe how you feel about that. I can't even explain how many times this happened to Donald Trump. I can't explain how many times I, I tried to tell the media that they were pushing a fake narrative and fake news. It didn't matter because the narrative they wanted to push was exactly what they were going to push. They did so, and they did so uh, with vitriol, uh, with anger, with hatred towards Donald Trump. I saw it every single day. The example of soup is a great one. There are many others. Let's never forget the Russia collusion hoax that was pushed right. for so long with no evidence whatsoever. I just saw Joe Biden talk about the sanctions he's going to put on Russia. And he said, we don't want to be too harsh. We don't want to go over the top because we want a good relationship with Russia. Remember when Donald Trump even went further than did Barack Obama and Joe Biden, putting tougher sanctions on Russia than they'd seen from any president since Ronald Reagan the media still refused to cover those as being tough because of the election hoax and the collusion hoax that they wanted to push onto the American people. And when Donald Trump said, hey, we still need a good relationship with Russia, he was mocked for that because, again, it was all under the banner of the collusion uh, hoax that didn't ever happen. 
Joe Biden just says we need a good relationship with Russia. I'm looking on Twitter. I'm paying attention to some of the media afterwards. And they say, how great and how prudent that is for this president to talk about having a good relationship with Russia. It always happens that way because they hated Donald Trump so much. They've hated every Republican who's ever run for office. They've hated every Republican president. And they definitely hated Donald Trump more and with the passion and a burning of a million sons than any other uh, president in history. Building on the fake Russia collusion story, there was also the story that was pushed last year of the Russian bounties placed on the heads of our troops that right. the leftist media passed off as facts. They blamed President Trump for putting our troops in danger, but now Jinsaki came out and admitted that the intelligence was faulty, actually, and that that story never happened. But again, this if you if you watch the just the regular leftist news that Congressman Gomer said, you know, is obviously not the mainstream news, but if that's what we used to call it, um, you you won't hear anything about this. Hogan, you had to deal with this every single day, so. How is it that the, the bulk of the American public doesn't have any knowledge when these stories are corrected? And, and really, what can we do about it with many of us being deplatformed, including, of course, the president, uh, Donald Trump himself? It's tough to fight back because when you take a look at something like the Georgia law, for example, when they're trying to clean up their elections there, the Atlantic Journal-Constitution put out a correction saying that what they had written, that it actually suppressed voters and, and you know, eliminated polling places, was actually false. Uh, they corrected that. Now, I don't know what bill they were reading to even write it in the first place to have to correct it, but they were just parroting talking points from the far left and the Democrats that continued to lie about election security across this country. That being said, what's interesting about that is that narrative that Republicans in Georgia were trying to prevent people from voting was the top line story for about a week. So to answer your question, by the time they issue the correction, it doesn't matter. The cake is baked. People have developed the idea that somehow asking someone to produce an ID, telling uh, the person that, hey, I am who I say I am, is somehow racist. That is not the case. And to expand on that, the lies told about that bill from top to bottom further went to make people angry, uh, further went to um, you know, really tear apart the fabric of this country, to pit people against each other. That's what Democrats want to do. It's not enough that they control Hollywood or the media or colleges and universities, even big tech. They also control the White House. They control um, the House of Representatives, they control the Senate. Now they want to control the Supreme Court as well. You had Louis Gohmert on just before me. They just want total control. So there is no way to fight back against the narrative when they control all the levers of power and refuse to correct it. And when they do, it's so small and so insignificant, no one in the country sees the correction. They only see the headline. And I, I, I hearken back to the old phrase, and I'm going to butcher it a little bit, but it's... Um, uh, a lie will get around the world before the truth is able to put on its pants. And that happens all the time with the mainstream media. They know it and they keep pushing it. Yeah, so true. And I'm glad you brought up uh, the, the steps that it's going to take to restore election integrity because it's number one on everyone's minds. We have a show coming up tonight that John Solomon is hosting on securing our elections right after this program. We hope, hope 
folks will stay tuned for that. And I know it is a major project of yours as well. This voter integrity project is something that you've been talking about, that you are launching. Tell us what we what you can tell us about that. We'll be having you back on because we're going to be following this like a hornet. Tell us. Uh, of course. Look, the Voter Protection Alliance is a C4 that I've been working on because we have to make sure that every single voter in this country is protected. Every legal vote cast in this country by every legal voter should be counted, period. We want to make it easy to vote and hard to cheat. And right now, the rules are such that people can abuse the system, the fraud, the illegalities, the abnormalities, the anomalies, the irregularities that happened in the last election, despite what the media will tell you that it was the cleanest, clearest, best election they'd ever seen in history, it was not. They happened in every state across this country. Some handled it a lot better than others, but now is the time to make sure that these states actually pass laws that protect voters, that prevent uh, secretaries of state or unelected uh, election boards from coming in and changing laws just a few weeks before an election. That is where you see all of the potential for fraud and abuse in, in uh, our, our voting process in this country. It has to be stopped. I'm working with folks all around um, you, you know, this nation to make sure that we put laws in place that, that, that uh, protect voters and that our, our next election in 2022 is markedly different as it relates to all of the illegalities we saw in 2020. Nothing more critical than this, and that's why my whole family, as I've said, will be absolutely closely involved in this, and this program will be following all of the things that you're doing on this very, very closely. Hogan Kidley, thank you so much for being but, with us. But before I leave, I just want to tell you, Gina, I listened to you and Louie before, court packing is infrastructure, so don't worry about it. It's all good. <laughs> Thanks, Hogan. All right. We'll see you soon, my friend. Thanks. Coming up, Minneapolis is burning and there is no end in sight. Does the left want a race war? That's next here on Dr. Gina Primetime. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back. Minneapolis is burning. As you know, Kim Potter, the former Brooklyn Center, Minnesota police officer who shot and killed uh, Dante Wright Sunday, has been charged with second-degree manslaughter. And by now, we've all seen the body cam video. The 20-year-old black man, Dante Wright, was shot and killed by Officer Kim Potter during a traffic stop when she accidentally reached for her handgun instead of her taser. Wright had an expired license and also an outstanding assault warrant from February. But there is some video of Wright floating around out there that the lamestream media will not be showing you. There is video of him waving around a pistol and uh, smoking drugs. And he didn't um, deserve to die, of course, because of any of that. But he did hold a woman at gunpoint and was on the run from police. And the arresting officers were indeed aware of that, which could have caused some level of duress. So when you watch the mainstream media reports, just remember, he isn't just some nice child who was gunned down 
by police, as many are depicting him. Wright was a 20-year-old man who had an outstanding warrant for assault and was trying to get away from police at the time he was shot. They could have had every reason, perhaps, to have thought that he was going for a weapon. Here with me now, former U.S. attorney for the Southern District of Florida, Guy A. Lewis. Guy, great to see you. Thanks for being back with us. You got it, Gina. Great to be here. Thanks. Guy, the media is leaving out a lot of this story. And I think, you know, if they just told the whole story, Guy, the media would have more credibility. And I think the public would, in general, trust the information that they get. I don't understand why people are so afraid of just giving the whole story. But they are, aren't they? They sure are, Gina. And, and unfortunately, it's as a result of the bias that exists from various stations, frankly, some on the left and some on the right. But look, um, as you were saying earlier, Americans are smart. Uh, juries, we're, we're all sort of this big jury that's listening and watching. And facts matter. Give us the facts. Hold the commentary. Tell us what happened. Show us what happened. Show us the video. Give us the information. And I, I'm telling you, 99% of the time, Americans are going to make the right decision for the right reason. Guy, you know, you compare this story in Minnesota to the Ashley Babbitt story. On January 6th, during the Capitol breach, a U.S. Capitol Police officer gunned down, gunned down this Ashley Babbitt, this Trump supporter, and um, was ultimately cleared of wrongdoing without having to be arrested or go to trial or even to be identified. Um, and this just seems to so many to be such a contrast to what we just saw in the case of Mr. Wright, where this police officer was identified within 24 hours, uh, was basically, you know, tried, convicted, drawn and quartered uh, by the media within a matter of moments. They didn't need any time to decide that this woman police officer was a, a horrible human who had a racist agenda, uh, just wanted to go out and kill a black child who was not a black child at all, but that didn't matter, who was innocent, who was not rather innocent, who actually uh, did have a record. Um, and, 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 they, and it just, I think it makes people, it makes people cynical, but it also makes people really afraid about where our justice system is headed, doesn't it? Boy, oh boy, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, let's compare the two real briefly. You've got Kim Potter. Um, we, we know who she was as the uh, police officer in the Capitol case. We don't know who the officers were. They've never been identified. We know what Kim Potter's uh, history was, a long distinguished history as a police officer. We don't know what the uh, history was on the uh, Capitol Hill police officer who shot and killed Babbitt. We know that, the, uh, that Kim Potter had to resign immediately. The Capitol Hill police officer still working. Kim Potter house had to be surrounded and protected uh, for several nights because of violence and threats of violence. The Capitol Hill police officers, none of that stuff. So you look at the two, and your point is so well taken. You look at two different scenarios where the really very similar circumstances, but right. they're treated completely, completely totally different. different.
Well, and even even the records of, of the two people involved. I mean, Mr. Wright obviously had a, a, an arrest record, and, and the police officer had a reason to be a little uh, afraid. And uh, you look at Ashley Babbitt, she had a very clean record and came through a window that was already broken. So when you look at it like that, it gets a little bit, a little bit even more muddled. Anyway, Guy Lewis, we always appreciate your legal wisdom. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Gina. Have a good night. You too. Coming up, one state has passed a law protecting drivers who run over protesters who are in the roadway. We're going to tell you about that next. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one. In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more, but you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Jessica Rivera with us from the RAV headquarters in, Je in Denver, Colorado. I almost renamed Denver Jessica, Colorado. That would have been good of me. Jessica, great to see you. Tell us some news we won't hear anywhere else. That's right, Dr. Gina, here in Colorado on the 2022 ballot, there's an initiative that will be introduced known as Initiative 16 or the PAWS Act. PAWS stands for Protect Animals from Unnecessary Suffering and Exploitation, which sounds great and noble and an act most Americans could get behind, but not so fast. After looking into it, the act is not exactly what it sounds like. Initiative 16 will redefine animal cruelty in agriculture Animal cruelty will now include artificial insemination, embryo transfer, pregnancy checks, and castration. Not only will these acts be labeled animal cruelty, they will also be considered sex with an animal or bestiality. Yes, you heard me right. Farmers could be charged with having sex with an animal for doing their jobs if they are cattle or pig farmers. There are a few other elements to the PAWS Act that anyone could argue for or against, but Dr. Gina, the absurdity of redefining terms by the left and Democrats has really gone too far, and I'm going to guess you will agree. Mm. You know, while we begin, while we continue to legalize uh, sex with children and things like that, and condone that, we are protecting uh, animals. It's just unbelievable. Jessica, thank you so much for that. Of course, you're welcome, Dr. Gina. All right, over in Oklahoma, a bill has been passed and is sitting on the governor's desk, and that bill protects drivers who encounter protesters or rioters in the roadway. And that driver is protected from prosecution if they run over or injure those rioters. I was almost just shocked when I read this story today. Here with me now to discuss RAV West Coast contributor Amanda Head. Amanda, are you about to head over to Oklahoma to get your driver's license? Oh, Oklahoma. Yes, probably. I don't know. We'll see. But this all spawned from, if you remember last May, 33-year-old uh, Ryan Knight was one of the protesters on an overpass in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And as a man with his wife and children were driving through the protesters, the crowd dispersed to the edge of the overpass. This young man fell off the bridge. I believe at this point he is paralyzed from the waist down. But this bill, it is House Bill 1674, passed through the House, was co-authored by two uh, 
uh, Oklahoma House Republicans went over to the Senate, passed in the Senate yesterday, and it will head to the governor's desk for signage. So this will go into effect. This not only um, protects drivers who are trying to flee riots, but it also changes the punishment for rioters, uh, and it opens the door for discussions for what that will be. It also um, opens the door for discussions on what exactly a riot is, because if you remember in 1921, the Black Wall Street massacre, that was considered a riot as well. So they're going to have to pinpoint exactly what a riot is to expound on this bill and make sure that all of the, uh, the guardrails within the bill are in place. It's interesting because, you know, there have been lots of um, deaths and things caused um, by these riots and mm -hmm. too many drivers hurt in this. So I have a feeling we'll see more legislation like this. All right, Amanda, it is time for our meme of the day. Here is a man in a gas mask in the grocery store wearing a sign that says, Today, no mask, no entry. Tomorrow, no vaccine, no job. Someday soon, no microchip, no rights. Quickly, Amanda, because we're almost out of time, you always end up with the memes that are not funny. <laughs> and this is way too sad and true. So I'm giving it to you because you're the funniest person I know. Sad and true, and I called it. You can call me the Long Island medium because when all of this began, I said this is going to be a way for them to put chips into us. And, yep, here it is. Yep, here it is, and you did call it. And uh, thank you so much for being with us, Amanda, and stay tuned because John Solomon's one-hour special is up next, and it is called Securing Our Elections, the grassroots battle for easy and safe voting. Do not miss. Hug your children. Love your God. You go boldly now and live the truth.